Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 4 k podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about hiring mutual fund companies and why isn't it necessarily like a slam dunk choice for time plan sponsors. Of course, um, we are going to uh, talk about some of our live and virtual events that 4NKSite.com. Got the virtual plan sponsor event in about a month and change. Virtual um, conference in January. Live events on May 3rd and I believe June the 6th, which will be available uh, soon online for everyone to sign up. Yankee Stadium, Arlington, Texas. Uh, these are the places that we're going to try to get to in 2024. Uh, and we'll see how the future of these events will transpire and, and whatnot. But uh, let's back go back to the matter at hand. Um, hiring mutual fund companies uh, for 401k TPA. Uh, again, I worked in 10 years for unbundled TPAs, and obviously the competition would include uh, mutual fund companies uh, dealing directly with them and having them uh, administer the plan. Now in England, what's kind of interesting is, is that a lot of the beer pubs are owned by breweries. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because in the United States, for a long time, I think until the 1950s, movie theater chains were owned by movie studios. Um, and why was that the case? And why are watering holes in Great Britain owned by breweries? Well, listen, it's a great method of distribution. Um, you, you deal directly. I mean, you know, I talk about, I, I have a, you know, half decent mind for business and investing and all that. And I want to say the two biggest mistakes I ever made when it came to investing was not buying Amazon when it fell to 16 bucks a share in about 2001, I want to say, or late 2000s. And the second one is uh, thinking it was a bad idea for Apple to open up their own stores. So uh, I remember when they announced they were opening up their own stores, I want to say it was maybe 1999, maybe uh, around maybe 98, I, I don't remember. I thought it was crazy. Um, you know, they were competing against people that sold their machines. They were competing against CompUSA. And, uh, people that are a lot younger than me in their 30s or late 20s will probably say to themselves, what, what's a CompUSA? And it, it didn't make sense to me that they would compete. But Apple saw um, that a store, retail stores selling only their, you know, equipment was a great way of distribution. And that's how mutual fund companies are when it comes to 401k administration. The reason they're in 401k administration is because it's a great distribution of their funds. Um, and that's why, you know, the history of 401k plans, back in the day when they were trustee directed, mutual funds weren't the most popular um, investment. But obviously, uh, uh, the big gist of participant direction was to supposedly limit the participants um, to, to the plan sponsor's liability and mutual funds was that great avenue to handle a, a 404c plan. 
and you know obviously the top mutual fund companies and the top insurance companies they offered bundled retirement plan services where they could serve as the custodian the TPA and obviously a top choice of plan investments listen you don't go to Fidelity to buy T. Rowe Price funds and you don't go to T. Rowe Price to buy American funds you like their funds and I'm a big Fidelity fan. I'm a big T. Rowe fan. I'm a huge Vanguard fan. Um, and, you know, I understand why people want to go to these uh, TPAs, and I understand why these, you know, mutual fund companies are in, in the TPA business. And again, it's all about distribution. The 401k industry is obviously dominated by mutual funds, like I said, with ERISA 404c. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great way to distribute your you know mutual funds. Uh, mutual fund distribution is extremely important for mutual fund companies because you know obviously their bread and butter are you know the fees they collect from fund you know asset management. And more assets they have under management, the more money you make. And so TPA work is obviously an ancillary service. You know, like I said, Nike has outlet stores because that's a great way to push out their product. I'm a Vineyard Vines guy, so Vineyard Vines owns outlet stores. Um, Vineyard Vines sells clothes through other channels, including Macy's and uh, actually I don't think Macy's, Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom's and whatnot. Um, it's funny, I am a bigger Coca-Cola fan than a Pepsi fan. Um, Coke Zero is my favorite drink. Um, it's a lot better than Diet Coke. Diet Coke is like battery acid compared to Coke Zero. But as an investment, I prefer PepsiCo. Why do I prefer PepsiCo? Two reasons. Uh, I like that they owned uh, Frito-Lays. Uh, I think that's huge. I think they have a lot of good core assets. But even before then, uh, I remember when they used to own... Um, What's it? Tricon, which is Yum Brands and whatnot. I thought it was great that Pepsi owned at that time Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. At one point, they also owned John Silver's and A&W, which I think they've since both sold off. Fast food restaurants, great method of distributing soda uh, or pop, whatever you call it. Um, and then obviously that was spun off to its own company. It was Tricon Global Restaurants, I think. Now it's Yum Brands. Uh, it's a separate company. I think Pepsi still has some stake in it, but there's a lifetime deal where uh, they're only going to sell Pepsi products at these restaurants. And, uh, you know, most of these TPA services by mutual fund companies are for larger plans. Uh, but we do see, you know, Vanguard over the last few years is you know, with a relationship, I want to say, with a census, uh, they're targeting smaller and medium-sized plans. So they're going down market, which is interesting, but uh, it's also great for plan sponsors that might be interested in these services. And, uh, you know, the problem, obviously, with a mutual fund company that's in the TPA business is because they have one set of operation that's DCIO, um, or they're trying to, you know, distribute their funds, they're working with advisors, they're working with TPAs that offer their platforms, and then theoretically they're in competition with these TPAs. So, um, you know, if you have a great relationship, your TPA, great relationship with a Fidelity, 
uh, fidelity is a friend and it's a foe. Uh, there are a lot of times where you have a great relationship with fidelity and fidelity direct is going to take your business. There's just, that's the competition. And, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, a lot of TPAs offer the fidelity platform. A lot of people, uh, you know, have the Charles Schwab platform and Charles Schwab obviously is a competitor. Uh, so that's kind of interesting that, you know, it, it, it's it's a slippery slope and all that you know kind of stuff that uh, is interesting when you are helping your local TPAs but then you're also in competition and of course one of the biggest misnomers for plan sponsors is they're not free you know uh, they're not free they're not close to free uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch um, you know uh, a lot of these mutual fund companies offer the sub-TA revenue sharing fees. I mean, they still do exist. And obviously, when they are the TPA, uh, they're going to use these sub-TA fees for themselves. And, uh, you know, it's always been a big problem when you use a mutual fund company as a TPA, how much of the assets have to be in specific mutual funds. And it's not – it should be interesting that it's not just – mutual fund companies, you know, banks. I, I know one bank in particular, if you use their um, uh, money market or stable value funds, uh, you get one rate on services and you pay a higher rate if you don't use those funds. So that's the problem when using a mutual fund company or insurance company or, or bank as a TPA, uh, you know, you're parking some assets to um, their investments of choice, you do get a break on fees, and then that brings in the question dealing with participants, did you push these products just because you were going to get a break on fees? And, you know, I've always been concerned about ERISA litigation um, with proprietary funds because, again, you're going to Fidelity because you like Fidelity's funds. Uh, they do a bang-up job in administration. I, I think that they do. Uh, you know, same with Vanguard, same with T-Bar Price. They're pretty decent at what they do. But the problem is, is having too many funds from that proprietary fund lineup. Years ago, uh, I will say that one of the biggest mistakes I I, I done. I, I think I've repeated it time and time again is doing anything for free. Yeah, there are two times where, you know, advisors said, oh, you know, I, I like your plan review. Can you do one for a client of mine? And, and I'm just going to push the heck out of it. And, of course, the two times I did it, never got any business out of it. So for one of them was a local Long Island mall. Uh, and they were with a mutual fund company, and all their funds were from that mutual fund company. And, you know, obviously the problem is, is that there's no mutual fund company out there that is great at every single asset class. Uh, you know, folks that are good at foreign may not be good at domestic. Uh, people that are good with small cap may not be good at large cap. There's nobody that's great at everything. And that's a problem. And there's a cost involved with using a fund line, a particular uh, mutual fund company. Because if you're using their, you know, services, um, you also have to make sure that, you know, the fund company doesn't fall out of favor. 
you know, Fidelity, you know, is that big 300-pound gorilla, and they're, you know, they have some funds that fall out of favor, but they have some consistently great funds. I mean, I think low-price stock was always a great pick, and Contra Fund, and they have a lot of good index funds. But there are some mutual fund companies. Uh, I don't want to name names. Uh, but, you know, I remember in the late 1990s, there was one fund company that was fantastic, and then the market crumbled in 2000, and then it just turned out that every single fund company had the same investments in tech. So, plan sponsors have to be aware that, you know, they don't want their mutual fund companies that they're kind of invested in, uh, predominantly, are going to become the next Stedman funds. Uh, and... Uh, you know, if you want to check Stedman funds, they, they, they were the worst funds out there in the in the, the 1990s. I mean, they would get awards. There would be awards on poor, pouring funds named after Stedman. And so I think it's important that plant sponsors not load up on the uh, proprietary funds. It's, you know, just loading up. You want to have a good, you know, stuff... Uh, Use some of their funds, you know, if you're using Fidelity, a low price stock's great, S&P 500's really good, and it, you avoid some of the issues of, of using actively managed funds. Um, you just want to have like a smorgasbord, uh, which I always used to love that term when I would go to bar mitzvahs and weddings, and luckily I don't get invited to those anymore. That's a, a great way to, you know, get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but having too many funds on the same you know, lineup is just, you know, a really bad idea. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of these mutual fund companies are great for standard plans. Once a plan is outside of their box, uh, they don't do handling, uh, they don't do well with them. They are kind of rigid in their provisions. They're kind of rigid in how they administer. So over the years, I've come to issues where an advisor who only parks his plans with mutual fund companies always butting heads with these mutual fund companies because, you know, the guy would call me up, Ari, is this right? And it's like, no, that's not right. They could do that, but they choose that they won't. Um, you know, many years ago, I remember pre-change pre -change in the hardship distributions, uh, there was um, a mutual fund TPA that had uh, plan participants sign up for hardships without, you know, offering any proof. And I thought that that was problematic. And that's before the hardship regs changed all that, where now you could rely on what a plan uh, participants, you know, tell you. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's just an interesting uh, situation. It's an attractive option for a lot. But if you have an out-of-the-box plan, it may not be the right fit. I will say that Mutual fund company TPAs are a little bit different than payroll provider TPAs. Actually, a lot different. You don't see me writing articles saying, I don't think you should go to Fidelity for a 401k. I don't think you should go to Vanguard for a 401k. And the reason I don't is because I think they're very, very good, which is different than my beliefs about ADP and paychecks. I do think Fidelity does decent work. I do think Vanguard does decent work. I think the T-Bro Price and American funds do decent work. I haven't come across these horror stories with mutual fund companies that I do with uh, payroll provider companies. They have an actual history of doing a bang-up job for the plan sponsor clients that they service. Uh, 
you know, like I said, I have one advisor who only uses the, you know, only goes directly, and that's Fidelity or Schwab or whatnot. And uh, his plans that he has have less trouble uh, than, you know, obviously people who have uh, payroll provider TPAs. And of course, last but not least, um, plan sponsors should make sure that utilizing a mutual fund company is the right choice. And that's based on plan size, cost of administration, and the plan design sophistication. Um, and, you know, uh, you got to make sure that if you have new comparability plan design, that the mutual fund company can actually handle that or anything outside the box. Plan sponsors really have a lot to consider. Just because you like Fidelity isn't the reason why you should go to Fidelity. You go to Fidelity because they, they're good, they can handle this plan, they're cost-effective, the plan's uh, pricing is reasonable, uh, and I think that, you know, that's a lot for plan sponsors to consider. And, uh, you know, there's that duty of prudence. And I think that that is probably one of the most important duties that a plan sponsor has. And when it comes to using a mutual fund company TPA, that really is the top of the list. Is this the prudent thing to do? Is this right? And obviously, every plan sponsor is going to think out differently. Um, you know, again, like I say, with any chance in this business, there isn't a solution out there that works for every plan sponsor. So what works well for one plan doesn't necessarily work well for the other. So um, I hope you enjoyed this very, very curt and short that uh, 401k uh, podcast. Um, and tune in uh, next week. And of course, go to that 401ksite.com. We have further information on all our events. We've got articles and all that kind of jazz. And then obviously you get my emails. You can sign up for that 401k um, virtual plan sponsor conference in January for free instead of paying the $2 in case you want to save two bucks. Get those emails if you're on the list and whatnot. So I hope you guys uh, have a great week and tune in next week for another fun-filled episode of that 4K podcast.